Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Two words to me in three years of Bret Hart Welcome back to Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body, and soul with two email-filled hours of big bad book boy Tom Hanks. <laughs> I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. And I'm your haughty typewriter enthusiast. I am Luke Patrick. I am the other idiot. And Sam, this week, uh, we've got some special guests with us in the episode. I want to welcome both Jillians to the podcast. Uh, do y'all want to say Hi. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so glad to be here yeah thank you yeah. so much <laughs> do y'all mind breaking down just yeah. a little bit sort of uh who you are and, and what you do of course sure not. sure J- jillian do you want to take this one or do you want <laughs> me jillian to take this one um um i can take this one. Oh, okay oh okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, um yeah. so i am jillian and this is also Jillian, in case you haven't caught on. We both happen to be named Jillian. Yeah. And we have a little podcast of our own where we kind of talk about, you know, the big and small things that can happen to a person. Yes. Um, we write letters to each other where we, we write about these big and small things. And we focus a lot on illness since we both have chronic illnesses. But we also have been going in a lot of other directions. Um, Mm. and we basically write these letters and then talk about the letters. It's like you get mail and then you get to talk about it right away with the other person, which is nice. Yeah. Nice. Which maybe (laughs) is very fitting for this episode since Mm -hmm. we are talking about you've got mail. (laughs) Yes. 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 Um, and, and folks, it's a great podcast. It's far smarter than this one. Mm -hmm. Um, do, do give it a listen. Uh, did we say the name? Yes. Did we say the name real quick of your podcast? Oh, we did. We can repeat it. Okay. Yeah. Do you want yeah. to repeat it? Um, so <laughs> we are the Sick Girl Missives. Cool. And where can people find you? Um, they can find us on the Sick Missives. Oh, good God. Where can they find us? <laughs> well, Jillian, I'm Spot- having a seizure. <laughs> they can find us on Spotify for sure. For sure on nice. Spotify. Um, and probably any other place you listen to podcasts hey look us up see if we're there you know we might be (laughs) we just might be (laughs) nice 
Well, awesome. Uh, glad to have you both here. Uh, sad to say yeah. that we are, well, I say sad to say, but we'll see. We'll see what kind of vibe uh, we all have this week. But we are talking about 1998's You've Got Mail again, sort of a retrospective on Tom Hanks' career, a nice little break for Sam and I. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess Jillian's first. How was your watch this week? <laughs> um, I really do like this movie. I think that, and I think that there are, are a lot of terrible things about it but like (laughs) i did tear up when she closed the bookshop and walked Mm. away and i did tear up when they got together in the park at the end and i don't know why but it happened emotion happened in my body so (laughs) (laughs) nice um no yeah Oh, no, and okay. Jelly, how, how was okay, yours? Sorry. Um, yeah, I uh, also teared up significantly when she had to close her mother's store. So there were definitely emotions with this movie. Um, but I am also learning that I don't think I'm as much of a Tom Hanks fan as I thought I was. <laughs> mm. Mm, yeah, you... You might have a club to join. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think I just really like David S. Pumpkins and Castaway. <laughs> you know, two two sides of the same coin, obviously. Uh, David S. Pumpkins and, and uh, Castaway sharing a lot of the same DNA. Yep. Uh, Luke, how was your watch? Man... Sort of a, a, okay, let's boot up the Whiplash. Uh, let me boot up my, my ancient 1990s computer and just load up uh, whiplash.exe. My watch fucking sucked this week. <laughs> but <laughs> this is why we have you guys on here as guests, because Sam and I are so downtrodden by this Tom Hanks experience. Y'all, we have watched 39 weeks of Tom Hanks movies at this point, and we're so busted that <laughs> I had to so I finished up work uh, I sat down on the couch and I booted this movie up and I just trudged through it I think it's because we watched it not that recently it's been a hot minute since we watched this movie but mm-hmm. I remembered every goddamn line and could have recited this thing to you and this is only the third time <laughs> I've seen it so I don't know what happened <laughs> but You've Got Mail has been imprinted on my brain, and I did not enjoy my watch. Not to say, I'm really excited to talk about this, because not to say I didn't necessarily enjoy the movie, but my watch experience was was pretty bad this week. Uh, I guess on the plus side, it did give me enough time to cook a lasagna during the movie. Uh, so by the time the movie was finished, I had a nice piping hot lasagna, but that was pretty much the, the only perk. Sam, how was your fucking watch? I want to get into my watch, but I have a very important question for you, Luke. Mm-hmm. Was there meat and lasagna? Yes. Okay, that's all I needed to know. <laughs> <laughs> this is very important for me. I do I do a lot of data collection on lasagnas, mm. and so that's just, I'll file that away. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so my watch was not good. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't want to watch it last night, uh, because God, I couldn't force myself to do it. But I, I sat down before I went to bed last night, and I was like, I am gonna, I'm gonna try to meet this movie on its own terms. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really try to play in the space with this one and try to make myself like it. 
And then I fell asleep <laughs> and I had a dream that I had watched the movie and I was preparing bits for the podcast and I woke up fully believing that I had watched the movie already. <laughs> and then when I was walking into the living room with my breakfast, I realized, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I gotta watch it. And it broke me. It absolutely <laughs> broke me. I, I have never been more upset to watch a movie in my entire life. <laughs> Uh, I just, I really didn't want to do it. I, I saw how long it was too. And I remembered that it's two hours long and that made me pretty miserable. Um, I had a decent breakfast. Uh, Kenna refused so, so vehemently, vehemently, whatever, uh, <laughs> to, to be in the same room mm. as, as the movie that she opted to eat her cereal in bed and just stay in there until I sounded like an all clear that Tom Hanks was off the screen. Damn. She, she, came, in, she came in at one point while I was still watching it and went, ugh, it's still on? <laughs> and I had a pretty similar sort of attitude it was an extremely disrespectful watch. I'll be perfectly honest with all of you. I spent a lot of time on my phone. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on my phone just fully checked out. It it was a bad scene. Yeah. I I I will say I did nearly cry when I paused the movie and I had an hour left. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, can I read you a text that you sent me while you were breaking our bylaws and were on your phone? Yes. So for the Jillians and for the folks at home, the text I received at 7.20 a.m. this morning was, I have 50 minutes left and I want a train to crash through my home and obliterate me. So <laughs> Sam was having a pretty rough go of it, I would say. <laughs> yeah. The only bright spot was that I I started in a new journal for the podcast because I mm. filled up the old one. Nice. Well, hey, that's something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Well, I have to say, though, as your friend, I am so excited and so happy that um, I got to kind of put you in this horrible and miserable <laughs> space. Like, it makes me even happier that this is the movie that we requested. <laughs> to yeah. watch for this episode like yeah i'm i'm gonna ask, i feel proud uh, well i you should be uh and and i'm gonna ask in the least hostile way that i can why did the two of you make us watch this again <laughs> why was this the movie you picked um for me personally, I just have a really giant soft spot for like late 90s, early 2000s rom-coms. Okay. Like it's kind of the golden era of rom-coms, if you will. Like we get the really, truly like horrible premise, very cringy, but great gems such as What Women Want and The Mirror Has Two Faces. Mm. You know, yeah. it's a great era. So why not go with You've Got Mail? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, as I said, like I really like this movie. Like, I watched this movie around Christmas for fun, for joy, to fill my heart with 
laughter and love <laughs> and, and and like <laughs> this watch like I was like oh my god we have to do You've Got Mail because it's such a good movie and they're going to love it and they're going to want to talk about how much they love it and then I listened to the podcast where you <laughs> you watched it the first time and I'm like we have made a terrible mistake <laughs> they hate it <laughs> so yeah no I don't know <laughs> Hey. Well, I mean, we we need the positivity, so I I can't wait to hear about what you like about this movie because if you can sell me on this movie, I will be so grateful that I haven't wasted four hours of my life. Yeah, so excited to dig into that. Um, I think this week we'll skip the plot. If you don't know what this movie is about, you can go listen to our other episode where we covered You've Got Mail. Or pull up Wikipedia, or just watch it. Honestly, it's on HBO Max. If you've got that, it's Freezies. Yeah, um, and it's on Hulu now too. Yeah, Hulu. That's how I watched it. Nice. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There's two free ways to watch it. It is a staple of the rom-com genre from this era, as we just talked about. So if you haven't seen it and you're curious, I'd say go dig into it, and then uh, that means we can skip the plot and dig straight into this movie. Ooh man, this is gonna be saucy because uh <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> Coming at this with some different angles. Well, uh, uh you know, Jillian's I guess I I do have a question um related to this movie, and I guess to boil it all down, what wh- wh- why? Why and what <laughs> do you enjoy about this movie? That is such a great question. I think, um, okay, for me, I wrote down a lot of moments where I like belly laughed, and I consistently belly laugh every time when I see them. Okay. One of them is when Tom Hanks takes all of the caviar garnish off of the plate mm. when Meg Ryan, Ryan's like, mm-hmm. that's a garnish. And then he just takes it all like so aggressively. I don't know. It just gets me. I'm like, <laughs> You know, it's kind of funny. I feel like Tom Hanks is really good at physical comedy. Like even when he was Mm. like blowing on his fingers to start typing his response, Mm, you know, Um, like stuff like that. Just it gets me. I'm like, what a goof, you know. (laughs) (laughs) To your point, Jillian, uh, about the the Tom Hanks and maybe not liking Tom Hanks as much as you thought. This is a thing we've discovered through watching 39 movies involving tom hanks is that he excels at the high energy physical comedy uh mm-hmm. and then it's the the other movies where things get a little bit wobbly but definitely in this movie he's he's exemplifying that physicality that the guy's got mm-hmm. um i do remember there's the scene where it, uh, he has dave Chappelle look for meg ryan in the bookshop and he's like bracing himself <laughs> on a bench as if he's about to be yeah. hit in the face with a broom uh yeah. that was pretty good <laughs> And uh, and then uh, when he hears kind of more about it, and he and he shakes that fence like yeah. he's being mm-hmm. electrocuted on it. <laughs> like, that's it's actually a good it's a good sort of thing. He's good at some of those things. I just I don't like him anymore. <laughs> I'm so tired of this man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's like. It has, there's an inverse, like, relationship with, on a graph, like, the more exposure you have to Tom Hanks, the less, 
like you like mm. topics. Oh yeah. And there's that sweet spot, you know, where they where they meet, where you're like maybe watching one Tom Hanks movie every year or two, mm-hmm. if even that sometimes. And you're like, hey, you know what? This is this guy knows what he's mm-hmm. doing. This is a film that I really yep, enjoy. Yep. And and you guys just kind of you're. <laughs> You're past that point. Oh, I think 39 films in less than a year is significantly past the point. Yep. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> you know, yep, Luke, yep. sometimes I worry that we hit that like kind of critical point at the burbs, which is entirely <laughs> too early to hit that point. Yeah. Episode like 19 or something on that oh, one. I don't even think it was that, <laughs> that high. I think it was like 10. Um, And, and so I, I've got sort of a, a uh, kind of more personal question for both of you. Um, do you think Luke and I are going to be okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <sighs> I think that you'll come back around. Mm. Like, oh, I okay. feel like mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're in the desolate place where it uh-huh. feels mm-hmm. like it's like, there's no land in sight and you're like, this will never end. But I think a point will come where you're like almost done this project. And mm. you'll be like, I love Tom Hanks. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm like glad he's in my life in such a significant mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. You know? You'll you'll get a little nostalgic yeah. for like the end is coming and it's it's gonna be over. Yeah. And those feelings are gonna start bubbling up. <laughs> yeah. And you'll be even more of a fan than you kind of almost were to begin mm. with. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> or, or potentially, do you guys, so I have a friend who will become very obsessed with one food mm-hmm. for like any specific amount of time. And uh, we were roommates for a few years and she loved mac and cheese. She ate mac and cheese two times a day for like a full year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Jesus. she never ate mac and cheese ever again. Mm. Yeah, I, I believe and that. And now... <laughs> Yeah, now she's starting to come back around to mac and ceese again. So like you have you've had too much Tom Hanks. You had your fill. You might have thrown up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And maybe you just need that empty space for a little while. Mm. Oh yeah. I what I'll say is what what you've essentially described on us turning around is Stockholm syndrome and I got to tell you <laughs> I I've never been more excited to experience Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. Just hearing you guys say that, that we will come back around and life will be better, has filled me with so much more hope than I would have expected. Um, holy shit, that would be amazing. I am oh, right there with God. you, Sam. Oh, it would be so good. So, okay. Uh, let, let's, let's dig into this movie a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so like Jillian, what, what is it that makes this like one of your like all time, I, I guess not like all time favorites, but something that you've returned to, uh, and that like still affects you after watching it annually, you said? <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched it at Christmas, um, and uh-huh. I don't know the last time I watched it before then, but I remember watching it at Christmas and being like, Wow, this movie stands up, you know, the test of time. Oh, boy. 
because uh, I went through this period of rewatching all of these rom coms when I watched when I was mm-hmm. a kid, like um, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, which does not hold up <laughs> at all, um, or The Wedding Planner, which kind of does. Like again, oh. all these movies have terrible things about them. Please don't think that I'm like, wow, they're so great. Like, terrible, terrible things about them. But there's something at the center, the ooey, gooey center that just gets me. It brings me back every Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Yeah. And it's, for me, you know, I really could get on board with, it's the letters. Mm. Yeah. Okay. What about them? (laughs) <laughs> it's just the it's the I don't know there's like the the romance with the anonymity there mm-hmm. and just kind of getting a glimpse into someone's day or personality that has nothing to do with who they are or finding out who they could be and like that slow romance of just like yeah getting getting to know a person in a way that I guess if you had met them first physically you probably you miss out getting to to learn that hmm. person. I got you in that way. The the fact that it's like an early '90s emotional glory hole. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> that is exactly what it is. And there's a lot of khaki, and there's specifically mm-hmm. some like oversized baggy khaki mm-hmm. that I really liked about uh, '90s modern fashion. Yeah, especially with like women who had. You know, maybe they were professional women. Maybe they own their own businesses. But there's just a look there yeah. that is found in a lot of these movies that I also. So, so you like a a lot of spot. formless khaki pants. <laughs> yes, with tight belts. You know, okay. kind of like if hammer pants were not parachute material, but they were instead, you know. Khaki. So, slacks. So is your is your platonic ideal uh khakis made by Jinko? <laughs> yeah, or trip. You know those those goth pants yeah. with the like <laughs> with the chains that hang down them that you could fit like three people in one uh-huh. leg? Yeah, yeah, I'm about that. Uh-huh. Fuck yeah. Okay. Well it's a it's a choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm uh I'm really curious because through the second watch in so many so many weeks uh you know certain characters stuck out to me a little bit more so I'm very curious for all of us did you have a favorite character and why and I'm happy to kick it off because uh fucking you know what he, he's had a rough run of it lately and for good reason but fucking Dave Chappelle in this movie is oh, yeah. an oh, yeah. all-time fave and holds this thing together like goddamn super glue so that's kind of my little nugget that I'm tossing out there. But I'm super curious to hear if y'all had any other uh, MVPs that stuck out uh, during this. Uh, well, I guess, Jillian, for you, this was your first watch. And then other Jillian, this is very mm-hmm. much not your first watch. So I'm, I'm hoping we can get some uh, interesting little nuggets out of these experiences. Um, Jillian, do you want to go first? Okay, because I'm really excited about my answer. Um, Because there is an individual who walks into, um, I guess, like the restaurant that Meg Ryan is waiting in when she's supposed to meet Tom Hanks for the first time. And he's wearing a cape. Yes, yes, yes. He's wearing a full cape with, I think, like a red lining. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of treated as like, Meg Ryan looks like, could that be my guy? 
and it's like this man in a cape walks in and she's like oh so disappointing but there's no further like why is he wearing a cape who is he what's going on for him you know so i think he's the standout for me nice i i love cape guy i i want i I actually would pay good money for the movie to completely pivot away from everyone else and just follow Cape Guy. Because he's got a story that we all need to hear. Absolutely. Absolutely, he does. <laughs> and, and Jillian, your, your favorite? It's definitely not as good as that, and I kind of wish that I would have gone Oh, damn. Because this is a terrible <laughs> yeah, This is a safe space um, for all favorite characters. All are welcome. <laughs> I really loved the old woman. Mm. Birdie? Like, yes. Yes, Birdie. I loved her. She was she was great. I um, You know, that's the kind of person I strive to be one day, which is totally not going to be me because I didn't invest in Intel, you know, that early on. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's never going to happen, but I absolutely love yeah. it. I did write... So, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. You go. Oh, I was I was going to say, I did write in my notes, I wish I was Birdie. But then as I was finishing mm-hmm. that sentence, she said that she fell in love with the person who ran <laughs> Spain. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. Crossed it out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> But yeah, Birdie, like, she's good. She's good. She is wonderful. And and I have actually some some information while I was disrespecting this movie and looking in my phone. Uh, I I did a little bit of research because Birdie said that she bought Intel at six dollars a share. Um, mm-hmm. By the end of ninety eight, uh, Intel stock was at twenty dollars a share, which is a pretty good goddamn return. But depending mm-hmm. on when she purchased it, uh, there was a two to one split in ninety seven. Uh, oh. So, so pretty, pretty good stock choice. However, I did a little more looking, and there were a couple other stocks that you could have uh, uh, bought into in '98 <laughs> and uh, done considerably better. Uh, namely, Starbucks, which was three dollars a share in '98, featured, featured heavily in this movie uh, as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. and Amazon, which was six dollars a share. And now, if you invested. $10,000 in each of those stocks in 2016 because that was the most recent I could find uh, <laughs> you would have made $2.8 million on Starbucks and $10.3 million on Amazon holy shit <laughs> yeah so I like to think Birdie is living fucking large right now mm-hmm. <laughs> man that's some good information but Sam it does not answer the question of who is your favorite character after you were subjected to a secondary watch? So, I they, I had two small characters who I really enjoyed. Um, I liked Henry at Zabar's, mm-hmm. the guy behind uh, Meg Ryan, who was uh, rightfully extremely angry about her trying to use a card in the cash-only line. Um, and just says... My name's Henry, <laughs> without any prompting whatsoever, and and I I appreciated his his piss and vinegar attitude. I appreciated that he's willing to introduce himself to complete uh, insufferable strangers, 
and uh, and I and I like that he's trying to enforce the rules in his bars right before Thanksgiving. Uh, the other is a character that I found completely mystifying and didn't understand the first time I watched it, but I got her this time, and it was uh, Tom's dad's fiance, mm. the like English woman. Mm-hmm. Because the first time I didn't understand, I thought she was Tom's ex-wife. So I did. I that whole plot made no sense to me. Yeah. You mean Jillian? Yeah, her name's Jillian. Her name is Jillian. <laughs> yeah. Her name is Jillian, and I spent the whole movie personally offended. Yeah. Well, I mean, on that front, I don't blame you because she's pretty much an asshole, and she she like is uh, marrying Tom's dad, but like heavily hitting on Tom. And then runs off. Isn't she the one yeah. who runs off with the yes. Danny yes. Maureen? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I think you're actually it's... confusing two different characters, Sam, because there's the woman that's married to his grandpa uh, that hits on him at the party, and then there's Jillian who runs off with the, the nanny. These are two distinct women, both around the what? same age. Wait, no, because it's the woman who said, I'm your soon-to-be stepmother. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same person who grabs his leg at the at the weird recital. I'm pretty sure that's a different woman because she's blonde and the woman at the dock is a brunette. Is she? Yeah. I think they're both Jillian, though. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm yeah. pretty sure they're the same person, but I might be wrong. I don't know. Or oh damn! We might we might be in a situation, Luke, where we're having a podcast with two Jillians about a movie that has two Jillians. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Quadruple Jillian. <laughs> and I don't like either of them. <laughs> it is nice, though. I was thinking how, like, we get to know what it's like to hear Tom Hanks say our name, and albeit, like, say our name in a way that he would if we, was, if we were his evil stepmother. But we still get to hear him say Jillian, you know? So mm-hmm. we kind of know that, that experience. Like, has that ever happened... In the movies you've watched so far, has he said your names? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually. My name got dropped in one of the Da Vinci Code movies, but was not by mm-hmm. Tom Hanks. And Sam, I don't think there's ever been a Sam, which is blowing my mind right now. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. Uh I I think he's only said it in my dreams, mm. which are now mm. which are now definitely nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> Uh well shit now now I have something else to look forward to which is uh Tom's dulcet tone saying my name. Yep. Uh ideally in the throes of passion. Mm. <laughs> um but I'll take anything at this point. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh let's see. Uh okay. I I actually have a question that's been kind of plaguing Luke and me uh throughout mm-hmm. throughout some of these films. Do, do you like Tom and Meg Ryan together? I so I'm biased in the sense that I did you know I've heard your episode on this Mm -hmm. and so I've already been kind of thinking about this okay um I agree that I don't necessarily think they have the best romantic chemistry but yeah they make great best friends Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah they're good friends yeah yeah they're good friends I don't know if I necessarily see them together as a couple but um yeah they could be they could be hangout pals Okay. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. I never considered the fact 
like that they didn't have romantic chemistry until I listened to your podcast episode and I was like, wait, <laughs> what? And I'm like thinking back through Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail and I'm like, but they're so good together. Like we root for them. We want them to be together. I tear up when they get together. And then I watched it this time and I was like, that kiss, that kiss, like what's <laughs> happening there? And then the dog like attacks them. Like, yes, <laughs> during the kiss. Yeah. Kissing? I don't know. Even he's like, no, friends don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The dog is like, don't make this mistake, Tom. <laughs> well, and I have to be honest, I was not actually rooting for them to get together. Mm. Hey, wow, by, the end, by wow. the end of the movie, I was not rooting. Because I, so one, I was watching this movie with my mother, so that might have impacted me. But my mom is, you know, she really is my best friend. Like, we had that Lorelai and Rory relationship growing up, as cringy as that sounds. But <laughs> I don't think I would be able to be with someone who had a hand mm-hmm. in the closing mm-hmm. of my mother's Yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is... This is what I can't get over and I was going to ask you guys about because Mm -hmm. I can't get over in Sleepless in Seattle the fact that she stalks him. Oh, I know. Weapons grade stalking. (laughs) Um, It's rough. And then in this movie, I cannot get over the fact that he, I have it in all caps in my notes, he put her out of business. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's not just that he put her out of business because even if you do want to look at it in a kind of a calloused way of like, that's just Mm -hmm. business. You know, it's he put her out of business while also knowing who she was and how she was emotionally handing that, like handling yeah. that time. Yeah. yeah. And not only did he not let her in on the fact that he knew who she was and what was happening, once he realized what was going on, he also didn't reach out with some sort of olive branch. Like, no, he's, he's, invested millions of dollars in this business with you know his father and his grandfather he's not about to close his shop Mm -hmm. you know but there was still no no attempt on his part of how can i at least make sure that your business is not as impacted as it's about Mm -hmm. yeah there was there was none of that and like towards the end of the movie it almost didn't even seem that he was sorry about what happened he was just more sorry to, about the fact that what happened could impact his potential relationship with yeah. her. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was about how it was going to affect him and not so much her almost second death that she had of mm-hmm. her mother mm-hmm. through the closing of that shop. It's like, ugh. Oh, okay, yes. Yes, absolutely yes, yes. <laughs> and... Did she even want to run the shop? Because it seemed like no. Like there's multiple points in the movie where she's like, I have a small life. Do I want to have a small life or is it just the life I have? And then she's like, I'm going to be a writer. And she seems super stoked about that (laughs) at the end. So it's like, I think the loss there is more her mother than the life she wants for herself. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think... Perhaps that's why the forgiveness comes a little easier is because it it allows her to properly grieve the loss of her mother and then move into a life that is well and truly hers, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So. I, I can, yeah. I mean, that makes some sense because she, she does seem like pretty happy about like getting on to the next step in her life. 
um, mm-hmm. particularly egged on by uh, well-known Intel investor Birdie. <laughs> <laughs> well, Birdie's lived, you know, a very long and very eventful life. Oh, so she has. She's probably got an idea of, you know how to handle herself oh (laughs) pass that knowledge on i bet she knows how to handle herself uh in many ways yeah um so okay uh so so i'm curious how you feel about um tom like kind of playing both sides of knowing that he's emailing Meg Ryan, but she doesn't know that it's Tom, but he's, like, trying to befriend her. Because on both watches now, it's it's been icky. And I'm curious yeah. if, if that's coming across as icky for, for you two. To me, it's only icky given the context of how much their business relationship, like, the only relationship she thinks is going on, mm-hmm. how much that impacted her life. Mm. Yeah. You know, because I'm not entirely, you know, there's something to be said about human nature and getting to know people and falling in love with someone that you want to put your best foot forward and you, you know, sometimes you can hold something so tightly that maybe you're not making the best decisions about morally getting to know a person. Um, But just the fact that he knew what was going on so publicly about the relationship and privately and he didn't share that. That's that's the one thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's not good. Like when I watched this at Christmas, I watched it with my mom. Like we were in separate houses, um, but just like texting about it while we like synced up the movie. And like <laughs> I remember possibly an all caps text from her coming in where it was like, he knows and he's not <laughs> telling her. And she was so mad. Like we I think we both forgot that that was the case. And yeah. it's really mm-hmm. hard to watch um, past that point because it's like you're you're manipulating her. It's not cool, man. Like, what what are you doing? Yep. It's like yeah. if the person you've been an email pen pal with uh, also stole your dog, and the only other context you have for this person is that person stole my dog, and then you find out later that is also the person you've been catfished by. It's a it's a fucked up situation <laughs> the whole way through. <laughs> yeah, Kenna did call it Catfish the Movie. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Hey, uh, do y'all want to move into some, some quick fire thoughts about this? Because uh, I've got some, and uh, Sam, I'm yes. betting that you've got some as well. Oh, yeah. So uh, basically, yeah. Jillian's, we're just going to fire off some stuff and we'll talk about it real quick. The first one I've got is uh, Meg Ryan has the peppiest cold on the face of the planet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. This is a woman that's unfazed by having a cold because she's she's got the like nasal sounds, but she's uh-huh. like up and zipping around the apartment and she's like bouncing to the door like. This is a woman who's either on a shitload of cold medication or is otherwise doing pretty good. Yeah, just having a great time. Uh, okay. Um, this is this is still God, cat, please. Um, uh, th- this is real, mostly me, Luke. I'm still mystified by the door box. That I (laughs) it's still seeing it in this movie fills me with a sense of wonder that I've not had in a long time. Mm, Yeah, Uh, but I'll I'll do another kind of quick thought. 
Um, uh, do you think they last? Oh, like as a couple? Uh-huh. That's interesting. Also, if you could get the cat to stop attacking your mic, that would be lovely <laughs> yeah. for the editing side Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. You know, <laughs> she, she does what she wants. <laughs> um, well, geez, I... Okay, so I want to caveat this with something else I wanted to chat about really quick because despite everything we've said about this movie and the fact that I did not enjoy my watch, I still got teary-eyed in the garden scene at the end of this. I still enjoyed some of the highlights of the, the rom-com hits. So mm-hmm. my, my gut tells me that yes, despite the fact that I think they have no romantic chemistry, they will stay <laughs> together. And I don't know what this says about me, that this movie is like a drug where I'm like, I don't want it. I don't need it. But every time I consume it, I do get the desired effect. So... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 I, no. I also teared up during that scene, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I do think that they stay together. Like, I don't think that they have physical chemistry. Like, maybe it's bad to judge them off of the one kiss, like terrible, terrible kiss. But I feel like <laughs> they have something. Like, okay, during, like, I think the first email Tom Hanks sends, he talks about, wanting to give her a bouquet of sharpened pencils. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's a weird thing to say (laughs) to a person. But I was thinking, oh, if they got married, I wonder if she would have a bouquet of sharpened pencils, you know, (laughs) walking down the aisle. (laughs) So I feel like like there's road there in that relationship and they could do wonderful, whimsical things together. Word. 100% agree. God, I need this positivity. <laughs> <laughs> like a tonic for the soul, it is. And and Jillian, do you think they last? Yeah, but I'm mad about it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they they do, but they shouldn't. Uh, let's see, Luke. Do you uh, do you have any other thoughts? Yeah, my kind of one last little one that I'd love to just sort of uh, throw out and we can toss it around is that uh, on, on, a, on a repeat watch, I do think that as a rom-com, they did a great job of setting up the partners that they're both with as assholes. And I didn't catch up, the, yes. catch up to this mm-hmm. the first time around because Frank, the partner of Meg Ryan, uh, I didn't really see him as a dick until I rewatched this. And the man is a total dick nose. Like, oh, he's awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so Repeat Watch definitely displayed that a little bit more, how self-obsessed he is. Like, obviously, Tom Hanks' partner is is so uptight that she's really hard to deal with. Um, but I would argue that she's not nearly as bad as uh, this writer dude, Frank. So I was pretty happy when they I split up. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know, man. She's, like, vicious. Mm. Yeah. Like... Yeah, she's she's cutthroat. Mm-hmm. She does not care about anyone or anything. Like, I think the elevator job does a yeah. elevator job, <laughs> elevator shot does a really good job of ex- like expressing that sentiment. Yeah. Yes. Just a uh, cold. Just uh, like it. That just that, a oh. bitch. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Jillian. Just, just, uh, just not now. Okay. But how long, how long do you think it would take for you to get 
weird in an elevator that's stuck. You know, like maybe you're not your best self mm. in a stuck <laughs> elevator. <laughs> Wait, are you defending her? I mean, <laughs> I think I think I just like during that stuck elevator scene, I'm like no I feel like I feel like I would get stressed out very quickly in a stuck Mm. elevator so I'm like Mm -hmm. okay maybe I wouldn't be angrily yelling about my tic tacs and where they are but I feel like there's a certain (laughs) point where you're like trapped with people and you don't know how you're gonna long you're gonna be trapped for and what if you have to pee and what if what if what if the fire department doesn't come very yeah. soon? And there's all of these what ifs building up in your head and then maybe you mm-hmm. snap a little bit because you don't like Tom Hanks very much anymore and you don't know why you're dating. And so <laughs> you snap when he's trying to do his nice little monologue about what he's gonna do when he gets out of there. And you know what? It's a mistake we could all make. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you know, I, that makes sense. If, if I can actually preemptively assuage one of your fears, yeah. um, if you're stuck in an elevator for an extended period of time, you just pick a pee corner. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, Sam. You just pick a corner, and then yeah. that's the the DMZ for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you all vote. You say which corner are we going to be using uh, for our pee corner, and you pick one as a group, and then you you start whizzing in that corner, and you know you get everyone to look away because mm-hmm. you know, it's polite. Um, unless it's your thing not to, but, um, but, but otherwise, yeah. So, so if you're stuck in an elevator, I don't want you to worry about that. Okay. How, how soon, how soon should I start that P conversation? Oh, immediately. (laughs) As soon as you need to. I I think, yeah. (laughs) I, I think as you need to, but also I don't think it's a bad idea to sort of get that out of the way early. Just yeah. be like, look, it's yeah. it's not a problem now, but I want to get to it before it becomes a problem, folks. Yeah. Which corner do we want to piss in? Okay. <laughs> I feel better about this. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Conversation. Uh, well, Luke, that's, I mean, you know, I, I might have a couple other thoughts, but they're not great. Um like I just wrote, I'm dead inside. Um, <laughs> there's, there's not much. So um, if if that's everything that that all three of you have, uh, do, do any of you have any sort of loose thoughts that you just want out there on the record? I mean, forever. I certainly think it's way too easy for people to just get in an apartment that they don't live in. Holy shit! Yeah, he just busts up in there, doesn't he? <laughs> like. <laughs> And you know, it's like we we know it's Tom Hanks. It's perfectly fine. He's not going to do anything. But uh, yeah, that just yeah. I don't know if I'm that person. Like if if there's someone else trying to get into an apartment and I don't know them, you know, I might be the person who shuts the door and looks the person dead in the eyes, saying, "Oh, <laughs> you can uh, <laughs> you can follow the rules." Absolutely, <laughs> especially. If it's a if it's a single white male, absolutely not. He's he's not slipping in behind me. Like, excuse you, do you belong here? I certainly don't think so. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, Jillian, do do you have any other loose um, thoughts? Yeah, I think. Um, we well, I know you talked about Mister Nasty last time, but one uh, thing yes. that I noticed. In the Mr. Nasty email where he 
says, here's Mr. Nasty. The uh-huh. subject line he writes is, in case you were wondering, period, I'm not perfect, period. That's the subject line of that email, which is <laughs> like a very strange move. Um, <laughs> that is that is a loaded subject line. Yeah, that is a skip away from all caps, I am damaged with five exclamation points. <laughs> Well, yeah, it has some of that feeling of welcome to my twisted nightmare, mm-hmm. uh, XXX, <laughs> MySpace, Zango. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's got so much of that energy. Oh, my God. Um, well, on that note, um, Luke, I sell a lot of cheap books, mm. um, and and I've made a lot of money from those cheap books. So... Um, I actually need to take that money to the Hanks Bank. Could all of you come with me for that? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go. <laughs> Conspiracy Closet. I have put on a balaclava and dragged all three of you into a closet, and it's pretty tight in here, mm-hmm. and I have lit a road flare between the three of us, or four of us, <laughs> and uh, and now you are here in my conspiracy closet mm. okay quick which is the peak <laughs> uh, it's uh i planned ahead uh, it's the one with the bucket in it yeah um okay it's great. it's sort of an all-purpose slop bucket mm. so um so use it Good as job. you need but this road flare won't last too long so um so a couple small things to to sort of come out of this one one is um the the uh, Tom Hanks's grandpa uh, repeats a couple times that uh, he may have gone on a date with uh, with Meg Ryan's mom, and that they like exchanged uh, some letters. And I have a theory that on that one date, that uh, Tom Hanks' grandpa got lucky. And he he did it. Oh no! With Meg Ryan's grandma. Oh no! Meg Ryan's mom, and and impregnated her, because Meg Ryan never says anything about her dad, and that's because her dad is Tom Hanks's grandpa. That's oh, right. No, they're they're half siblings. Well, no, hold on, they're. <laughs> Shit, what would that relation be? Their aunt and nephew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell, yeah. That's that's some good kinky shit for this one. Oh, man, uh, this is horrible. Why did you bring this? Why did you bring this possibly factually accurate thing into my life? <laughs> well, I just thought since the movie repeated it a couple times that it was an important detail that, that uh, the movie was heavily hinting at. <laughs> It's Chekhov's gun. Yeah. Except it's Chekhov's incest. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, uh, I have another completely different bit of information. I'm so scared, Sam. After that last nugget, I'm so scared of whatever this well, is going to be. Luke, this is more in in theme, in keeping with our sort of normal conspiracy corner kind of theme. Mm-hmm. Um when Steve Zahn shows the newspaper article about the rooftop killer, I paused the film and read the article. <laughs> Excellent. Let me share you, share with you what I learned. Uh, 
Robert Underwood, 30, of uh, 13579 St. Nicholas Place in the Bronx, which actually, I looked it up, it may not be a real address, and if it is, it's actually in Upper Manhattan, not the Bronx. Mm. Um, <laughs> did, uh, it's near Jackie Robinson Park, if anyone cares. Yep, um, yep, yep, yep. Has eight kids from eight different women, is unemployed, <laughs> and he played harmonica in the subway until fairly recently, when uh, when there was a bit of a crackdown on that, which caused him to stop. I will return to this. Remember. <laughs> so uh, what he did is that he uh, followed uh, Denise Smith to her building on West 101st Street. And he followed her up in the elevator, took her to the rooftop, stole the $6,000 in her that she had in her bag, Whoa. and strangled her to death. Whoa. Yes. Maybe she was on her way yeah. to the Hanks Bank. And, uh, how how much would that be in today's money? Um, let's see. So this was ninety eight. So what? Like, it shouldn't be that different, should it? I'm gonna guess I'm it'd be like it. could... it'd be like ten grand. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. See, it's not. It's that's respectable. <laughs> so just purse money. So here's the thing. Robert Underwood, as I mentioned, used to play harmonica in the subway to to sort of make money for these eight kids from eight different women. And the reason he had to stop was because New York City's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, Mm. cracked down on it. And so, Luke, I'm here, uh, Luke, Jillian, and Jillian, I'm here to tell you that Rudy Giuliani, agent of ATAR, cracked down... On busking so that Robert Underwood would kill Denise Smith, take her $6,000, and then Rudy Giuliani seized that money and is using it for his own nefarious purposes. Mm. Man, you love seeing Rudy Giuliani back up in the mix. Uh, Another known uh, incest purveyor. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. (laughs) Yes. Uh, so, so really, the true rooftop killer is Mayor Rudolph Giuliani. Damn, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, sort of fun fact about that article is it repeats itself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, oh, with that, the road flare has gone out, and I've shoved you all out of the closet. Nice. Man, it's almost like they don't expect you to be able to pause it and read that article. <laughs> yeah a bit of an oversight on their part no one no one made these movies expecting two idiots to watch it uh in order and then you know sort of pick apart every little (laughs) detail to find connections with Mossad. true that um (laughs) but luke jillian's i i think this movie needs some updating i think it needs a bit of tweaking Okay. And I th- mm. I think the way that we can make uh, You've Got Mail appeal to a wider, modern audience is to make You've Got Mail into a porno. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Luke, you, you said you had a plot. I don't have a plot. I have, I have a premise. 
is okay, what I've got. Yes. So we've pitched Hit. pornos before, right? Yes. And they've been pretty humdrum, just basic ass pornos. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we've we've definitely updated some things, uh, kept it away from the heteronormative sort of porn industry. We've really spread the juice around. But yeah. what I'm thinking for this one is that we go bold and we go adventurous and we make this the first cyber sex only porno because I don't think I've ever seen that done. Ooh, okay. Now that's something. Mm-hmm. I like this. Okay. This this is perfect. Mm-hmm. So um I does it follow just Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan as they cyber sex the shit out of each other? See, this is what I would like to discuss with all of you because I don't know the details of the plot. I just know that we're going to keep this Cyber, because they make such a deal out of this movie of like everybody in the bookstore is like, oh, you're cyber sexing? And like literally uh-huh. everybody has an opinion about this, which makes me laugh. I did enjoy uh-huh. that part that everybody, including Birdie, is like, oh yeah, cyber sex. <laughs> <laughs> For yes. sure. It's, a, it's thing. a thing. So I think we feature it prominently. Uh, oh, and yeah. yeah, beyond that, I have no clue. Well, and see, okay. They might even already have the technology for it because with this this IBM computer with that chonky <laughs> keyboard of Tom Hanks, <laughs> am I correct that this is the same IBM computer with the chonky keyboard that had the red dot in the center? Yes. Oh my God, Whoa. Jillian! It's a keyboard. It's a keyboard with a clitoris. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jillian, this is brilliant. So I'm just yeah, just tossing that yes. out there for the effects. Oh. So, okay, so what I'm imagining here is that, that uh, IBM has made a sort of peripheral uh, that, uh, that you, the, the woman uh, would wear, Meg Ryan kind of wears, and then uh, Tom sort of fondles that nubbin <laughs> on his keyboard. <laughs> and everything that he does, Meg can feel. Is, is that sort of what you're envisioning? I mean, you know, make it work. There's already there's 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 couple toys out there to that's basically a smartphone version of that. Yeah. So Yeah. Uh in in the uh immortal words of what was it? Uh, Tim Cook, it just works. <laughs> um I Luke, I have a I have an addition to this plot that I think actually helps um, kind of turn around the most odious aspect of the movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're and talking about is, the, the manipulation sort of that's yes. underlying this. Okay. And and the, the business uh, competition. Sure. So we it's still cyber sex, but we include financial domination. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So Tom Hanks, as we know, is very rich in this movie. And so Meg Ryan spends his money to subsidize her bookstore so it never has to close. Oh. Oh. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you're suggesting the the rare sort of financially based dom-sub relationship. Uh, Yes. And and curiously, Tom is the sub in this relationship. Yes. Oh, yeah. And and, I mean, I think he's got the perfect sort of sub energy for it. Mm -hmm. Hey, no one's Uh. disagreeing that Tom has major sub energy. (laughs) I think we're all on that same page. <laughs> so, um, oh God! J- yeah, no, Jilly, Jilly. <laughs> well, 
I mean, all that's been in my head since since we started this conversation is that we should call it "You've Got Mail," but it's M A L E. Yes, that's a, oh, obviously yes. a pretty good name. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, but I want to hear more about what you think about how this movie works. Oh, okay. Thanks for asking me. Um, <laughs> you're, you're welcome. <laughs> well. I think that the cape man needs to be involved in some way. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. you know, he should be. Like, he, he would have a larger role. Um, I don't know. So, like, part of me feels like, is there a subplot where he gets his own cyber romance? <laughs> cyber <laughs> romance. <laughs> or, or is he kind of a purveyor of cyber goods that allow one to experience cyber sex, you know, online. Um, oh, yeah. so maybe <laughs> he sells the peripheral yeah. for for the nubbin. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <Okay>. exactly. <laughs> um, and he probably has a large briefcase um, oh, yeah. <laughs> with kind of that red velvet interior, and he mm-hmm. opens it. Mm-hmm. And that's why he wears a cape, so he can hide the briefcase when he's, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know, Going to church, got he has to kind of <laughs> drape it over the briefcase, and then okay. he, <laughs> you know. so, some in church sex toy sales. I love it. Can, can he also like store like I don't know like vibrators and dildos in like pockets in the cape so he can kind yeah. of open the cape and be like, yes. "What are you buying?" <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, because it's it's just like the trench coat, yeah. yes, yeah. but flashier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and. Maybe this is too far. I don't know. Tell me if this is too much for our our uh, incredible porno. But do you think that the cape man can uh, can sell these sex toys and and enable people to to enjoy themselves and others at a distance? But then he stands on a rooftop nearby and and is like a voyeur. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> Uh, like yeah. I imagine him as like a sexual Batman figure. So so here's what I'm imagining because outside of so I had the the premise of just keeping it cyber sex only, but also the tone in my head is very Emmanuel. It's very like art house. <laughs> it's it's like a super erotica, like a soft core almost. And so I love the mm-hmm. idea of we could just chuck in some random shots. Uh, so we get the cyber sex shots, but then we'll just chuck in a couple of Cape Man. On a building uh-huh. nearby, just gazing <laughs> while his cape flaps in the wind, revealing some of his merchandise. Um, fuck yeah, dude. I think we could easily fit that in. Hell, yes. So, and uh, ob- obviously Tom's character goes by Mr. Nasty in this one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's on the billing specifically as Mr. Nasty. That is who he was cast to play. <laughs> Good, perfect. Uh, do we keep the like weird stepmom uh sexual tension thing, uh that is in the actual movie, hmm. and do we do we keep the incest subplot that uh I discovered in the conspiracy closet? <laughs> well, here's the thing with like the incest tension, uh, with the stepmom is that you should actually bring in Nanny Maureen mm. and build up 
like mm, a like a three-way know, cyber sex they're they're romance oh like, okay i see what you no, mean like why why do they run off yeah. together yeah i mean obviously we all felt that on the dock like yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> they were setting that up yeah. but what's what's the story between the dock and her i love friend? this True. i love the so idea of the, this this subplot emerging so we, I mean, we can we can focus on the main couple as much as we want, but you know, we really we really need more to yeah. pad out this porno. So I love the idea of introducing this other subplot just to add some extra padding, and then also to get us from point A to point B of introduction to running away together with filling it with just some yes. primo cyber sex. Yeah. And <laughs> I think I think there's potential here to make this like a like a series because because you've got this and you know you've got a few characters but i think you can also do like kind of a an almost prequel mm. with uh with tom hanks's grandpa and meg ryan's mom <laughs> uh, and then also with birdie and it, francisco franco <laughs> yeah <laughs> that one's gonna be a little a little tough tougher to get sort of tastefully yeah but I I still think I think we're up to the task. I love this. It's like Cloud Atlas. It's just like romance through the ages, <laughs> but seen through the lens of cyber sex. Yes. 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 Um. I mean, do we want anything else out of this movie? Because I I feel like maybe we've we've got something good here. I think that that may be it. Jillian's anything else you want to check into our porno before we green light it and start heading off to buy some film stock? Uh, I think we should still have the dog, but not do anything weird with it. Just have it be a nice feature. Mm. still there, you know, for yeah. people who maybe just yeah. want to see a nice golden retriever. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you know, yeah. people who are watching porno and love to just see a dog that <laughs> yes. has not, nothing nothing untoward happening to it. It's just, you know, people who want to appreciate a dog in the yeah. middle of their pornography. What if we did like some star wipes to to Brinkley, like in between sets, so we'll just get him in there. As as like a palate cleanser? Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Perfect. I, or you could go like super real and when all this is going on you know Tom Hanks forgets to shut his bedroom door and the dog is just standing there watching <laughs> <him>. <laughs> yes yes uh, I think we do both yeah. I, th- I think we have our cake and eat it too and we have yes. we have Brinkley watching Tom Hanks just just gets so gross <laughs> on the internet uh, and do his dirty deed and then also after he does his dirty deed uh, and uses that just fondles that nubbin so good um, we just star wipe to Brinkley like taking a nap or something <laughs> love it Perfect. it'll fit the tone perfectly yes <laughs> well well, shit, that's got, that's, you've got mail. Uh, that's, that's excellent. Um, well, I think that'll do it for us this week. Um, let's see. I should have prepared this, but next week, Luke, you and I will be watching 2011's Larry Crown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I actually like that movie. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Luke, have you seen it? I have not seen Larry Crown. I'm so glad to hear that there's a vote for it in the mix uh, mm-hmm. because at this point oh, yeah. I just I'm just resigned to my fate every time we <laughs> watch a movie I haven't seen. <laughs> so there are Vespas. You know, okay. there are scooters. Nice. Okay. There are people who scoot about in that. Okay. Film. And as someone who would love to just scoot about, it just it brings nice. me. Is Julia is Julia Roberts in that one? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, love Julia Roberts. That's Mm, just a little fun fact about me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hey, I mean, she's a national treasure. Yeah, much like Tom himself. I guess. Although we haven't yet come to hate Julia Roberts through watching all of her movies (laughs) sequentially. (laughs) Let's maybe keep it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I, you know... I, I'm actually just going to leave it on that hopeful note yeah. of it's got scooters and we should be excited about it. Yeah, that seems fair to <laughs> uh, me. So, uh, Jillian and Jillian, uh, would you would you like to kind of let everyone know uh, kind of where on social media people can, can find your podcast? Sure. Yeah. I actually pulled up the website when we were fumbling around oh, early. Oh, nice. So. <laughs> We are the Sick Girl Missives, and you can find us on anchor.fm slash the Sick Girl Missives. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under the same moniker. And our podcast, The Sick Girl Missives, is available on pretty much any major platform that podcasts are available, such as Spotify, Anchor, Apple. We're there. Nice. Awesome. And... And uh, you guys release every two weeks, is that right? Yes. Yes, for the most part. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pandemic, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, hey, you, know, you know, you do what you can. <laughs> yeah. And uh, thank you so much for letting yeah. us be on today because this has just been, it's been a joy, mm. oh. you know. Well, thank you. Talking about belly laugh oh. we got him. well thank you so much for coming on our podcast and filling us with a joy we've not experienced in about 30 weeks yeah seriously can't uh can't thank you enough for the gatorade that you've injected straight into our femoral yes. arteries and have <laughs> replenished our, our goof juice electrolytes it's extremely appreciated yes and and folks please be sure to check out the sick girl missives it's an excellent podcast mm-hmm. Very thought-provoking, very interesting, uh, and much, much smarter than this pile of garbage. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so thank you all for listening, and uh, and again, Jillians, thank you so much for being on uh, our episode this week, and uh, we'll be back next week with 2011's Larry Crown. <laughs>